We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Casey Smith. And uh, we've been talking lots about what's going on in the financial markets and the economy lately. Uh, All right. So we have some questions that we'd like to answer. Uh, First of all, this is Noah from Atlanta who wrote, uh, I've been more aggressive with my investments. I used to keep seven to eight year rule. Uh, but after a solid 2019, it's more of a six-year rule, meaning I only have six years of liquidity. Have I screwed myself? Well, that's putting it blunt. Um, <laughs> do I invest in dividend stocks and then sweep the dividends into some sort of fixed instrument? Uh, I just can't see buying treasuries right now. Um, first of all, uh, let's just talk about the 10-year rule, which is what we prefer. Uh, there's some science behind it. Uh, What we recommend is having 10 years of liquidity, meaning money that you know you'll need within the next 10 years, uh, sitting on the, well, not necessarily on the sidelines, but sitting in fixed income, Uh, not um, subjected to the volatility of the equities markets. We know that um, stocks and the stock market can go up and down uh, often at no notice. I mean, who could have forecasted in uh, January of 2020 that by uh, March 23rd, the market would be down 33%. We would have lost exactly. one third of our market yep. to a virus that we didn't even see coming. Now it was out there, but it was a China thing at the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. We can't forecast uh, volatility. I will tell you that if you measure back to 1928 or thereabouts on the S&P 500, which, you know, the market has been uh, recalculated because the, the S&P 500 really didn't come out until 19, 1950. But the the largest 500 companies by market cap can be determined all the way back to that date. Sure. Uh, if you go back that far, 9.3% annually is the return. So what I'm telling you is... Long term, best place to grow wealth and beat inflation is the equities market. If you need the money in the short term, uh, put it in something that's not going to fluctuate so much. Right. And and that's what we've talked about all along. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? I, you know we've talked about this at length lately. Mm-hmm. You know we've made mention of 31 and a half percent in 2019, the gain on the stock market. What happens when you do that? Do, I mean, you guys. Casey, Jarrett, uh, you guys talk to clients all the time. You're, it, what did you get when you asked them, hey, guys, we need to take a little off uh, off the top and put it aside because you have spending needs that we've identified in a financial plan. By the way, right. that's the only way to do this. Right? Yeah. You have to have a financial plan to figure it out. Exactly. And to your point, well, I mean, really what we're trying to do is align what we see from the plan, the, the liquidity needs we see from the plan, with those fixed income securities so that they, you've got the fixed income maturing at or around the same time that you need that money. And I mean, let's be honest, it's not an ideal time to be utilizing a strategy that's going to force you to go from, you know, uh, an asset class that was returning what stocks did in 2019, which is why we're getting a lot of the pushback uh, when trying to cover for liquidity. Um, And maybe why Noah here chose not to, because it's really hard to let go of an asset that is, earning you that kind of a return with the intention of putting it into something that's not earning. I mean, even if fixed income was in a normal 
environment, and let's say it was still getting five or six percent on average, and and to some degree right now it's actually doing fairly well if you look at the bigger picture. But it's very difficult to convince someone that that is the the way to go, and it's not until you run into a situation like this where the sensibility of that starts to really kind of creep back up and and show you that hey, there was a reason for that. Uh, we're not putting the money there because where we that's where we think you're going to get the best return. To Troy's point, over the long run, the the equities are going to give you that. But we want you to be able, especially if you are in retirement, to be able to navigate a situation like this without being forced to sell equities during a time like this, because that's really where you get in trouble. Yeah, no, nothing highlights it like the time we're in right now. And, and the clients who are following the 10-year rule, you know, we get calls from them and they're thanking us for you know, forcing them to, to put that 10th year of liquidity in place last year when the market was up 30%. And then now they've, they've seen values fall, especially when we were at the lows of, in, in late March. Um, and it really highlights the value of the 10-year rule and knowing that, you know, I, I don't really care what the market's doing today or even this year or in the next two or three years because I don't need that money. And so it, it's really, it's the same concept as, you know, people have with their house. If, if I know that my house is in a situation where, you know, it's not, it's decreased in value some from where I know that I or I think that it's worth, as long as I'm not trying to, to move, then what do I care yep. um, where, where the value is? So uh, it's the same concept, and it's just, you know, it's a little bit easier to think about it when it's a, an illiquid asset like real estate. Um, but when it's, you know, uh, stocks, then nobody wants to sell it when they're doing so well. Yeah, uh, people just want to buy more, and then when, when something like this happens, it's too late. <laughs> well, it's so important because you're you're actually not only accomplishing that objective in terms of covering your liquidity to ensure that you're not forced to sell equities in a time like this, but it it can also help with the rebalancing process. I mean, you the what, what we're looking to sell in a time like that is these companies like Apple that are up eighty percent, ninety percent almost over the year, and their earnings barely grew at all. Right. If you got that kind of a return, you're probably overweight. And that's a great security in a, in a time like that to look at and say, I need to get this back into proper alignment, and I could also use those gains to cover liquidity. And you're really accomplishing, you know, two things at once, which is really the the rationale I try to use and get people to see is just that you're you're, you're the point is to buy low and sell high, right? So exactly. <laughs> I might not be buying it's, low. At it's a, time a behavioral like thing. I mean, it protects right. you from yourself, and that's the biggest that's the biggest reason that we use it more than anything is that. It's going to keep you from, ideally, going to keep you from making the decision to sell when the market's down 30 or 40 percent um, because you know you've got that liquidity and you don't need that money. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing I would like to speak to just, you know, in Noah's question, he asked uh, years 8, 9, and 10, should I, you know, use dividend-paying stocks? Uh, dividend-paying stocks are still going to be subjected to the volatility of the market, uh, but it is a great point to make. Uh, if you look from the previous market high back in 2007, uh, the price appreciation to today is about 85%. If you add the total return, about 60% on top of that uh, to a, a total of 142% um, was dividend reinvestment. I mean, that's significant. If you take this back to the tech bubble, the top of the tech bubble was March 24th, 2000. Uh, since then, we've got 181.16% um, return total. 90.15% of that return 
exactly half dividends. Wow. It's made up dividends. If you go back to Black Tuesday from uh, the Great Depression, which was October 29th of 1929, uh, we're up a whopping 12,700% price appreciation alone. If you add in the dividend, 288,657%, only 0.04% or, or 4% rather of your total return comes from price appreciation, making it uh, absolutely uh, a different situation when you think of it in those terms. Yeah, good perspective. No doubt. Guys, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll do the same. Talk some more about financial markets and all the fun stuff that's been happening lately. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. How can you see into my eyes like open All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.